everyone. Welcome back to Internet Report's Pulse Update, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss what's up, what's down, what's working, and what's not working, and generally keep our finger on the pulse of how the internet is holding up. This week, we're discussing recent changes that appear to trigger a series of events for two peering points internationally, and we'll also take a look at recent outages at Oracle and Alibaba. I'm Barry Collins, and I'll be hosting today with the brilliant Mike Hicks, Principal Solutions Analyst at Thousand Eyes, who's joining us from the Cisco Live Conference in Melbourne. So apologies if you hear some background noise on today's recording. I started by asking Mike to tell me about a recent incident with the Australian provider Optus. So on November the 7th, Optus found themselves in a situation where due to a series of events, ended up having their network actually withdrawn from the international routing tables, which meant in effect, they were uh, couldn't actually be found on the network. And I'll get into what that the implications, what that actually meant as, as we go into there. So in the case of Optus, there appeared to be an unexpected increase in the number of route announcements received. They received these from an upstream peering exchange. Now, this sudden uh, surge of routing information changes sort of spread through the Optus network uh, and surpassed some predetermined safety levels on, on some of their core routers there. As a result, these routers became disconnected from the Optus network, uh, which subsequently saw the Optus network advertisements uh, withdrawn from the global routing tables. Uh, now, what this actually then results in is sort of no return path. So if I'm a user, a customer of Optus themselves, what that means is that I actually don't have any sort of return path coming into me. So therefore, nobody can find me, so I can't get any sort of traffic coming back. Subsequently, you get 100% packet loss. We have no internet connectivity. So actually, this is sort of why that went, went down. So that has a significant impact because we're actually looking at the edge effectively. So I'm looking at Optus customers being impacted. So it then took down these Optus customers um, and, and sort of the outage was in nine hours uh, and, and plus in some cases. Optus's wasn't the only peering exchange problem we've seen in recent weeks, as Mike explains. In the other incident involving a peering exchange, there was another sequence of events. It started with a customer maker configuration change. And this was propagated uh, to other users of the Amsam exchange, the AM6, uh, and it appears it has started when they actually made this change. So they actually made the change into some link aggregation configuration. So that's where we actually bond a couple of circuits together to sort of make this change there. Now, this again triggered a series of events. What actually then occurred was it actually took down the number of the peering events within that M6 exchange there as well. Again, causing this, this propagated across. And we said we talk about November 22nd, 23rd. So it went across a, um, a reasonably large period of time. Now, the difference when we're, we're talking across the two, so we still had this situation where we propagate down, we actually lost connections. We saw 100% packet loss with M6 uh, there, um, as we did with the routes being withdrawn from the Optus environment. We saw there. But the difference essentially, or the context comes in, in a couple of places. So the context comes where we actually see this uh, situation where we're thinking about the uh, AM6 exchange, it's essentially a transit point. So it's a peering exchange that occurred at the peering exchange. Whereas we're looking at the Optus one, the series of events propagated down to render the issue, not within the exchange itself, but down uh, at the edge of the environment. So effectively then my local users, my customers of that particular provider are going to be directly impacted. Whereas I'm actually looking at the peering exchange because this is one of many peering exchanges, even though it's a fairly major one, things are sort of route around it. You know, we talk about quite often the resilience and of the internet itself and the redundancy and be able to sort of route around it. So whereas the Optus one sort of made news headlines uh, and it was a major impact to users, the M6 one sort of barely made a blip in terms of news uh, unless you're actually looking to see that traffic there. But what it allows you to do is to understand, okay, so where's my dependencies in? Where What can I actually do to sort of build from there? 
The other thing, if we go back to the Optus one, what we actually saw there was obviously we talked about it impacting Optus customers directly, but it also had this impact that if I had a third party dependency who was an Optus customer. So we had situations where there were some people who had their payment gateways uh, with, with Optus. And another really interesting one was when we talk about two-factor authentication. So organizations who weren't Optus customers, they, had, they were with another provider, their connectivity but to log on to some of their systems for, for their users, and some of them are hybrid workers, so they were actually sort of working from remote places, to do this two-factor authentication where you challenge for a login process before it comes back um, with, a, with a number, comes back on your phone, it comes back over SMS. And because the outage where the, the, the way it actually propagated around took down the network, some of these users were actually Optus customers themselves. So they weren't able to get the code, so therefore they couldn't log on. So it sort of impacted productivity that way. So what that means is really is you really need to be able to understand sort of how things interact together. We often talk about this, this uh, environment where we have these multiple complexities, we have protocols on top of protocols, uh, we have all these third-party dependencies, we talk about a service delivery chain. Any one small part of that can actually break and cause us an issue. Uh, and this is that one of those cases. Although both incidents were unrelated, Mike says there are lessons that can be drawn from both of these events. So the other thing I want to sort of take about both of these instances was a series of events, a cascading of, of uh, coincidences, as it were, that triggered some sort of issue or some sort of impact down there. So if we take in both cases, what I'm saying here is if we, if we think about the M61, first of all, it was a configuration change. Uh, the configuration change, the way it was actually put in, triggered a bug within the system. Right? It wasn't unknown, and it was just this circumstances we'd actually done that. If we come back to the Optus one, it was an unexpected surge in routing advertisements. Again, nothing wrong with that. It's just the way it manifested itself coming down. And unfortunately, sometimes you have to have these situations to be able to understand the dependencies and uh, how your environment is actually structured. Lessons can be learned from here. And lessons can be learned is sort of, how is my network propagated? How do I advertise it out? At what points did it come from there? Where are my points of contact? Uh, are all my backup circuits in, in the same way? And you can actually sort of take steps to say, okay, this situation happened. As we've talked about many times, you cannot plan for every eventuality. Something you just don't know. It's just these cascading events that can cause these situations. But I say, once you do that, and if you have the visibility, you can start to build and learn from it. If you watch the video version of this podcast on our YouTube channel, you can see Mike delving into the Thousand Eyes platform to see exactly how it revealed the issue with the AM6 exchange. Our next incident on this edition of the Pulse Update concerns one of the biggest names in the technology industry, Oracle. So on November the 15th, Oracle experienced an outage on its network that impacted its customers and downstream partners interacting with their cloud services, so the Oracle cloud services. Now, this was specific to a region. So this is in UK, South London. So the outage was first observed around sort of 5.30 a.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. So it centered on those located, as we said, within the London uh, England Slough area there. Um, after 40 minutes, the nodes, this actually sort of spread around. We saw a bit of a cascading event where she came out into York, England, and then we sort of saw it flow over into sort of Marseille, France. Now, these exhibited outage conditions for around five minutes. The total disruption lasted sort of 46 minutes uh, in total, and the connectivity was then restored around 6.45 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Now, the significance of this, again, I say is that this was, again, a forwarding loss. We saw the forwarding loss occurring. So what we mean by that is if I had a workload specifically within that OCI region, and that was the only place I had it, I wouldn't have been able to get to it. But if I was having redundancy, it actually spill it across multiple regions, 
my users wouldn't have been impacted at all. So again, this all comes of understanding where my dependencies are. Now what this actually turned out, and you can actually see this, we have a link within the, the blog post itself, which will tell you, Oracle had some issues within their, their, their backend infrastructure, which sort of prevented it there, and specifically was within that, that London area, that, that region we talked about from there. But again, if I had the visibility, I understand what's going on. When something occurs, I can make sort of changes around there. I can either automate that, or I can decide in the future that I want to distribute my workflows around there, uh, just to see what's happening. You can read the blog post Mike mentioned at thousandeyes.com forward slash blog. Now to move on to our next instant, and this one involved the retailer, Alibaba. And sort of sticking on that theme in terms of latency or degradation that we would have seen, Alibaba's cloud was hit by two twin services outages this month. So the first was on November the 12th, and it occurred after just a major sales uh, event and impacted services for about three hours. Then on November 27th, there was abnormalities which were detected in the cloud console and the open API access. Now, as I said, these were sort of, again, issues within the cloud itself, which wouldn't necessarily have caused an outage per se, but what it did was cause degradation. So you wouldn't have been able to sort of make uh, connections. So it prevented some users or some customers from filling customer requests or actions, couldn't actually get to the, the back end there. But again, it sort of uh, highlights this, this understanding of, or this need to understand where all my dependencies are, um, how things are linked together, and how my service, my whole service delivery chain operates. So how I can actually communicate and work across this system. Now we arrive at Mike's favorite part of the show, by the numbers. This is where Mike examines the outage trends we've seen in recent weeks. And this time, the pattern actually looks really interesting because we start to see this sort of decrease as we're coming into the end of the year. But let me get to that in a minute there. So if we look from November the 6th to December the 3rd, the observed outages actually sort of generally trended down, as I said, across from there. So we had an initial increase. So where we came up from the last episode, where we looked from November the 6th to 12th, uh, we actually saw this rise, uh, a 10% rise compared to that previous week. But since then, what we've actually seen, we've seen decreases of 16%, 25%, and 15% as it started to, to come down. Now, let me just touch on the US outages because then we'll come back to those similarities that, that we have across those patterns there. So in the, the US, it followed a, a similar pattern, except we didn't see that initial increase. The trend we actually see from the US-centric outages started around that October 30th, November 5th time period, where then we've been sort of decreasing down from there. So it decreased first from 19, uh, 19%, and then it dropped 19%, 33%, and 21% across there. And we've seen this sort of year over year. As we move into the Thanksgiving period, we start to see the outages drop. And that doesn't mean that outages no longer occur. What it actually means is that if we look at outages as a result of scheduled uh, maintenance work or planned upgrades, they tend to decrease. And again, we can match some of these two announcements made from the providers, but we also can see relevant to the time of day. So when we look at an outage, we can see that uh, it occurs outside of business hours specific to a local area. So we can actually see this uh, occurring you know, in, uh, at 2 a.m. But they also tend to start on the hour. So you can see this outage or this, this lights on, lights off situation occur on the hour, and then it comes up for a fixed period of time, and then it's sort of back online. But therefore, we make the assumption that's a maintenance uh, type of uh, outage there. And these are things we sort of see decrease as we as we go in, into this period. So the difference, the significance I said, is that the, the US one, if you think about the timing for that third week of November, we start to see this decrease into Thanksgiving. So we end up have that peak for the rest of the world. But then as we now come into the what is going to be the holiday period or wind down to the end of the year, 
we start to see this decrease in this scheduled uh, maintenance outages. And this is a really cool pattern. And we've seen this repeated year over year. And again, it started to see this year. Finally, let's take a look at what we saw month over month as we compare November to October and how those trends might continue as 2023 draws to a close. So globally in November, we saw 614 global outages, and this is a 26% decrease from the previous months, whereas 831. This is unusual. As I said, we start to move into this end of the year, we start to see the outage numbers sort of decrease, and it sort of matches what we've seen previously there. And again, if I look at the US outages, uh, they've decreased. If I look from October, we were uh, 355 into November, where we sort of two two four one, it's a thirty two percent drop. So this is consistent, as I said, we've seen sort of from previous year. As we move towards the end of the year, uh, we start to see this decrease in outages occurring. And again, we sort of tie that back to the less planned or scheduled maintenance work, less upgrade work, and we'll probably see this lull or this decrease continue as we come out. And as we start to come into sort of mid January, we'll, we'll expect the numbers to, uh, to to rise as we come through from there. And that's our show. We'd really appreciate it if you like and subscribe to the podcast. Not only does this ensure you're notified as soon as a new episode is available, it also helps us shape the show for you. You can follow us on X at at Thousand Eyes. And please do send in your questions or feedback to internetreport at thousandeyes.com. Until next time, goodbye.